All right, for the final time this summer, welcome to Three Slips No Cover. Down to two slips uh, sod this week. But so it, it should be. Yeah, it's all about quality over quantity. I've always said that on this podcast. And uh, It's also heavy about performance. Yep. It's about performance. We've been solid right throughout the summer. Absolutely. And, and look, without sounding a touch self-indulgent, but... <laughs> We've had a wonderful summer, the two of us. We have. We've had a great summer. Great to watch. Great Listen summer. to. As yeah, my word. My word. You know, we, we, we've taken this podcast basically, you know, the top of the tree. Yeah. And, and we haven't been around a long time. No, we haven't. We brought a voice on, and it is the elephant in the room It needs to be mentioned. He's not in the room anymore. No, and hence <laughs> we mentioned him as an elephant, Murph Hughes. <laughs> yeah. But we got to 30 after he joined our podcast. We did. Like 30. Yeah. We've never been that low. No, I don't think we have. I mean, the diamond's out of the rough, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's all over for Merv. Look, you know, I don't want to whack Merv too much. Is it the fact that it was a Canberra Test match special? Did people maybe tune off because of that or, or you know? Maybe the blue and gold, you know, the LA Rams and the <laughs> – Oh, no, they didn't do so well. Yeah, the, the sort of Canberra Comets. Yeah. You know, putting that colour together, maybe yeah. people didn't associate with it. Okay. I'm not too sure, but, you know, the great the great paceman from Canberra, yeah. the, the legend of the Canberra Comets, the man on their honour board. Yep. The man who ate most of their lunches whenever he played up there, <laughs> he just didn't bring it. He yeah. didn't bring. He didn't bring what we needed, and hence he's not here today. Nor should he be. No, down to two slips. Well, there you go. Whack goes uh, goes sod for the first time. This podcast, the first of many. It is a review show of the summer and a bit of a glance ahead to to next summer and a few of the other tournaments going on as well. Uh, no Dino as well. We'll get to Dino soon, but be a couple of weeks for Dino since he hasn't been on the podcast. Um, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, Dean. At the Australian Cricket Awards. Now, do you think because of the Hall of Fame, that's why as manager of the Pakistan Super Kings? Or uh, the, Islamabad United, I believe he's that's got. That's it. Yeah, yeah, the United Islamabaders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's about as united as Islamabad will ever get. <laughs> do you, they're wandering around the the boundary with the suit on. Yeah. Where are we at with that with Dino? Yeah, look, he, he, uh, they say dress for the job you want. You know, uh, what is it, what, where does he want to end up? Australian cricket coach? I, I, I don't mind that a bit of soccer manager sort of style coming into yeah. it and, and that's what and it waving. Is. You know, I'm thinking there's the big man. He's yeah. got a bit of Italian thread on. Yeah. You know, wandering around in the 42 degrees, the 87% yeah. humidity, yeah. Uh, pretending he's not hot. Yeah. Extraordinary because he's, <laughs> he's a kilo or two over at the moment. You know, he, <laughs> he's where, where he weighed in 20 years ago to where he's weighing yeah. in now. Uh, he get life from the stewards. <laughs> He's well overweight, but uh, the the walking around in the full suit. I'm not sure whether that's the look I want. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, he's gone out. He's, he's he's stuck out there, and he is a hall of famer now as well. So you know, I wonder whether this this comes into it. Interesting to note that um, you know, wasn't wasn't a hall of famer until after the Three Slips No Cover podcast. Mm. So do we take a little bit of credit for that, raising the media profile a little bit? And You would think it put the cream oh, on top, wouldn't so. you? The it was just the, the – what, it was the last piece of the puzzle, as they say in the classics. Last box they wanted ticked. And, yeah. uh, and you know got- what? G- good on him. And I mm. think, you know, it's a feather in the cap to this podcast. I have a look around at other podcasts on the charts. I can't find another podcast that's got a Hall of Famer as a host. No. Yes, we haven't had him for a couple, but he's, he's been on six-eighths of our podcast – how he's sure, how he's interviewed Hall of Famers. He's interviewed, you know, your Gillies, your Warnies, even Dino himself. But for someone to – for a hosting panel with six-eighths of their podcast with a Hall of Famer, I think yeah. that, that sets us apart. Uh, so my I, word. I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, I'll tell you what we might do is we might jump straight into a bit of pad up because I like – you know, the great thing about pad up, 
side is it gets us into the hard-hitting issues uh, of of cricket. Well, you realise today you're going to have to pad up, don't that's you? That's fine. That's fine. I'm happy to carry my weight. Absolutely. No dramas at all. Uh, I'm going to get you to pad up first, Sod, um, as Marcus Stoinis. I think you've been Marcus Stoinis a few times for us this summer, but I'll get you to pad up for him for the final time this summer. I want you to talk us through your kit, please, Marcus, that you wore to the Australian Cricket Awards the other evening. Look, I suppose over the journey, I've had enough of seeing the girls doing the twirl as they walk in on the red carpet. You know, it's time the boys fought back and and, yep. and got what I think is you know a fair slice of the pie. Yep. You know, they put a, a lot of effort into you know the, the hair, the the suit, the tie. You know how it's hanging, whether it's crooked, whether it's crooked left or right. Yep. Whether it's a bit loose, you know, hanging sort of chest or. Or um, you know, um, you know, mid throat. Yeah, there's a lot of effort goes into that. Yeah. So I just wanted to add a little bit of attention-seeking garb. Yep. Just so Mission people said, "Hey, yeah, hey, we're here. I'm here. I'm a man. I'm here. Yep. I demand attention." Now, the um, was it? It had to be Doctor Harry inspired the get up, wasn't it? A homage to the great vet. I'm allergic to dogs. Are you? Yeah, allergic. Wow. To dogs. Okay. So you know, to say I'm actually taking offence that. Sorry. You thought it was a you know, get-up of Dr. Harry, okay. seriously. Sorry, Marcus. Well, he's 75, he's bald, yeah. he's skinny. Yeah. I'm the Hulk. Yeah. I had to get new shirts made for the final. Yeah. The Big Bash final because I, I put on a few more KGs KGs with the. Uh, I'm, I'm punching out 160 now. Wow. Yeah, 160 wow. kg press. Look, he's 75, but he does wear the flat caps and the, the glasses mm. with the, the string on them, which yeah. he was sporting as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, congratulations on your one-day Player of the Year award. Thank uh, you. Richo. Richo pressed you on the stage. He actually copied you and wore the – he had the glasses and the hat on when he presented you the award. And he asked you, how are you going to feel when you look back on this moment, you know, with your grandchildren and go, that's me uh, when I was the one-day player of the year wearing that get-up. <laughs> are, you, are you happy with your choice or have you got any regrets as you move uh, past the awards line? Not regrets as yet. Yep. No regrets as yet. Um, I think it's fair to say on reflection mm-hmm. – you know, hindsight, wonderful thing. Yep. Hindsight, twenty twenty vision, all that sort of stuff. Yep, it's a bit like Rodney Hogg when he was facing Michael Holding, and he was turning away in fear, and it ricocheted from his pads well outside leg stump onto his stumps. He was bowled by Michael Holding in Perth, yep. and he went back into the change rooms. He rang his wife. And he said, "Please erase that from the tape. I don't <laughs> want my son." To know I'm a coward. <laughs> I believe Stoiny. Yeah. Me, Stoiny. Yeah. I need Referring to Referring himself that. in the third person now, the big Stoiny. <laughs> Stoiny. <laughs> me, Stoiny, needs to erase. Well, that needs to be erased. Okay. It's got to go. Yep. And uh, there are moves afoot yep. for that to go. Okay. Wow. Well, in a digital age, it's going to be tough, but Stoin, nonetheless, you've had a great summer. Thanks for coming on a couple of times on the Three Sleeps No Cover podcast. It's been good being part of it. Yeah. yeah all right. Well, hopefully we'll catch up with you during the World the Cup. for me. Yeah. All right. All the best, mate. There you go, Marcus Stoinis. Some interesting thoughts from him there, Sod, on mm. very talkable get-up he had the other one, night. One, I'm interested for you, Hammy, to yeah. pat up as yep. uh, his legendary inspirational skipper of the green team, Yep. the Stars, the Melbourne Stars, and Glenn Maxwell. Yep. Glenn, welcome to the show. Thanks, Todd. Good to be here. Big fan of the podcast, actually. I've, I've yeah, loved it. Yeah, well, you're in a fair queue. Um, uh, the bat toss in Melbourne. If you had your time over again, bowling the right alternative for the Stars? Well, I think we actually bowled um, bowled pretty well, 
Uh, I, I think, you know, we we restricted them. We, we ended up having a total we should have been able to chase. And uh, gee whiz, didn't we make one hell of a balls up of it when we went out to bat and got put in a great position uh, by our, our two openers. I would have I'd said this at the time. I said this after the game. would have liked to have seen them take the game on a little bit more. Uh, you know, there was... But that said, um, what did we need? 56 or 48 balls with 10 wickets in hand. We should have won that game, Sod. Can we work through your blaming of the openers that did yep. take you to none for 93 with 10 wickets in hand? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm trying to get the logic of why it was their fault that you lost. Well, you got to blame someone, essentially, Sod. Um, they did put on 93. Yeah, they did. They did put on 93. Okay. And then they didn't lose their wicket. Yeah. But then yeah, they you, did. you then lost seven for nineteen, if I'm my yeah my memory serves me correctly. correct. You're spot on. So they were none for ninety three. Yep. And then the rest of you lost seven for nineteen, but it was Dunkey and Stoney's fault. Yeah. Well, you know, an avalanche starts with a snowflake, doesn't it, Sod? And uh, one or two silly shots from those set blokes at the top of the order really put the pressure on, uh, you know, a couple of us down the order. Mm. And uh, we weren't able to cope, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, a, it's a bit – it's sort of like NASA with a perfect launch pad. Yep. But the rocket not taking off. Yeah. Would, would you – You blame the rocket. In some, the lo- <laughs> some ways describe it as that. Yeah, well, the launch maybe the launch pad had been a bit higher. Um, would have been a bit closer oh, to none for closer 94 to orbit. or none for hundred, maybe Any, anywhere up yeah. for, upward of ninety three. To be honest with you, as senior players yourself and uh, uh, Pete Hanscom, yep. you were happy the way you went about your work? Not overly, uh, no. particularly the fact that I was dropped um, a couple, probably one ball before. I think mm, mm. I, th- I, I I thought about I didn't say it. I thought about saying um, to to Cameron White that you've just dropped the big bash, yeah. but I thought better of it. Um, if we had have gone on to win, I would have I would have changed my my story there. But look, uh, we should have done better. Side, I'm not I'm not looking to hide anywhere. I'm I'm someone who's looking to get back in the teams. And when there's clutch games on the line like that, those are ones selectors look at. And at times, we'll use it as an excuse to not throw me back in the team. In a in a shield game in in years to come, it, you know, when you go for that sort of you know, it's a bit tight, mate. Can you handle the pressure? Yeah. Do you think that's a that's a logical sledge that could come out of your mouth after what transpired at the MCG? Uh, yeah, look, I think um, it's one that I would have to be very careful about who it was. Maybe if I was playing for another state and sledge, Pete Hanscom, who was also part of that uh, collapse, it, it might work. But, yeah, I'm going to have to be careful, so I've got to put my hand up mm. and uh, unfortunately didn't make the most of uh, a good opportunity to, uh, you know, see my team home as the captain. Mm. Better luck next year. Thank you. Glenn. Thank you, Sod. It's going to be a long year. There we go. Glenn Maxwell, very giving with his time, mm. open with oh, his good answers. Good to have him on the show. Good to have him on Great the show. to have him on. Good fella. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Sod, I want to get you to pat up. This is going to be a tough one to um, personify, but I think you're the man to do it. I want you to pat up as the average uh, cricket-watching Australian, and my question to you is, how do you feel about the summer of cricket at large? How are you feeling with the state of the game? I, I'm a bit confused like the players – like, like you know, like we were mules and the sheep there the other day, and like I come in and like the test is over, and then you know I'd only had a jar, like one stub, VB, and and that, and um, and I went over to 
Perth and there was an orange team and a, and a, and a, and a, and a blue team playing. Like, oh, I find that as an average cricket watcher around the country, I, I find that confusing, you know? Yep. You know? It's, yep. it's tough, you know? After a day's work, you know? That's hard. You want to get back to basics? You want to get back to a state-based system? Is that what you're saying? Or Well, just a system I, I understand. understand. Like, understand, okay. you know? Like, one moment there I'm, you know, I'm watching a bloke shear a sheep. Yeah. And the next moment I'm watching a bloke, you know, just you know, quickly mules one that's fly-blown. Yeah. So, you know, at one moment I'm watching Tess. Yes. More and, patient and the, practice. The, the, yeah, the true, yep. the true shearing of a sheep. Yep. And then next minute, you know, like, but wham, bam, thank you, man, gone, done. Yeah. All over, you know. What do you prefer? Hard, do you prefer you know? a slowly shorn sheep or do you prefer a bit of get them in, get them out? What's, where, where do you sit? Uh, I'm with the slow shorn. I'm a traditional. Yep. You know, like I've been a bushy a long time. You yep. have five generations here. Yep. At the farm here, and 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 um, you know, watching the sport and the telly. Yep. And I, I, you know, I remember the ABC. Yep. You know, and all those fellas. You know, uninterrupted. Yep. Was. Yep. Uh, uninterrupted coverage. Um, you know, it was interruption by the blokes talking, but <laughs> there wasn't ads and stuff, and yeah. that I loved it then. So you that's love- why I like the short, the sheep being shorn slowly. Like, yeah, slowly, and, and getting a really good fleece. Yep. Because that keeps us going. Well, do you think? Do you think? Well, I'm the, an average cricket watcher, the average person. <laughs> do you think? Do you think the slow, the, the practice of shearing uh, slow sheep, as it were, is given enough uh, air time, put in the right uh, pedestal, and is it given the right priority in the pecking order of how sheep are being shorn at the moment? And do those at the top need to do a better job of making sure that it is once again the premium form of sheep shearing? Yeah. I think there's a lot to go into. There's a lot to be said for what you just said then. Yep. Yeah, a lot to be said for it. Yep. Uh, do we need to see less, a shorter season of wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, shearing? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like like you don't want to mule sheep five times a year. Like you only want to do it once, once. right? Right. Correct. Yep. So, you know, get in, get it done, get gone. Yep. But then get into the the proper process of, of getting the right, the right product and yep. the right product that people cross the board can sit back and enjoy, yep. and that's the slow Sean sheep. I'm, I'm totally with you there, average cricket watcher. I, ju- I just think one thing, not that I want to champion uh, the Wham Bam Thank You Man format of sheep shearing, but I think they need to get a few more international shearers in just to get it, uh, you know, at a better better quality yeah. again. Yeah, I tell you what, you're going to be careful because next season yeah, the Kiwi shearers are coming over. Jeez. They go all right at it. They're going careful good. you sheep around them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're toughens. Yeah. Like, like. Like they'll still tuck their trousers into their gum boots, those blokes. Yep. Yeah. Gives them room to move in those <laughs> gummies. So you're gonna have to be careful. Okay. You're gonna have to be careful. They'll give us a bit of a they'll give us a bit of a lesson next year in the in the shearing stuff. I yep. don't know about the mules in, yep. but the shearing, I reckon they're really gonna gonna push the, the Australian blokes. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, average Australian cricket watcher, thank yeah. you for your time. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. I'll yeah. let you get back to the farm. There yeah. we go. Get up, Rusty. Get up. <laughs> Well, I think I think that uh, that clears things He's up. A good fellow, a bit, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Was he Bulligal? I think he was from up yeah. past near Hay there. Good part in, of the world. Yeah, New South Wales. Bulligal yeah. is from. Good fellow. Very good. Nice. Well, there you go. There's there's Pat up for us. I think that should have cleared a few things up and it made it a bit more easy for everyone to understand. But I'm with you. Less we've got to shorten the shorten the big bash season. We'll, we'll get onto that in a moment. I want to talk about like this will be shorter than the podcast. I want to talk about the Australian Cricket Awards. Um, so the, the evening at large has changed formats a bit. We've got a black carpet now. What did you, 
What did you make of it? Is it in a right spot when you compare it to things like Brownlows, Dallium's, etc.? It's probably never captured the imagination, really, has it? No. no Not overly. Just between you and I in this yeah, room, yeah. it's never really, really gone to the heights of the Brownlow, has it? Yeah. Now, well, those some great players have won the International Cricket of the Year. You know? They have. Great players. Absolutely. Wonderful players. Now, players that should be remembered for some fantastic feats. We've already got one person on the podcast in the Hall of Fame. Maybe it's time for a second. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think so. Well, Mervyn could get on, although we wouldn't have Merv back on the podcast, would we? We've, can, we've got another Canberra test we'll get him back on. I don't mind Merv. He was, you know, he's offered me a beer from time to time, so I've got, I've got too much bad to yeah. say what, about Take a good New Zealand shearer to shear Merv, I reckon. Yeah, jeez. He was, he was still looking airy, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Tash was all yeah. over the shop. Yeah. I, I just think looking through the evening, let's let's break it down a little bit. Um, we've spoken about Stoinis as Dr. Harry. Peter Siddle was on the red carpet, on the black carpet. Now, Peter, for me, looked a little bit like a man who, who needed a drink to relax himself. Unfortunately, he doesn't drink anymore, so he's basically snookered himself there. But he, he did look a little bit little bit on edge through the little bit like he was labouring a bit on the black carpet. I don't yeah. know if you yeah. what you thought of the, of, the, of the form out there. Well, mate, you can't. You can't perform with half a tank of petrol. Yeah. Good advice, this. Right. You cannot perform with half a tank of petrol. Yeah. That's, I don't think I need to say any more. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You don't have to. That's 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 all good. Yeah, let's fill the tank. And performances, you know, at least the longevity of those performances will become greater. But yeah. gee whiz. Mate, it's very hard to go out when people are on a full tank of petrol and you're only on half a tank. Yeah. No, it's a good point you make. Very good point you make. Dean Jones, good to see him in recognising the Hall he of Fame. He wasn't there, the big man. Wasn't there. Got, he was in Pakistan. I thought he might have got you to do his uh, I was a bit disappointed acceptance that. speech. Yeah, I thought he might or, have. Or turn you know, to anyone in the podcast, but he went with yeah, Kim, yeah. who did speak very well. Um, you know, and, uh, and Who did he go with? Kim. Kim Hughes. Kim Hughes? Yeah. Accepted the award on his behalf. And Dean, I had sent him a text message, and uh, Hughes, he read it out. At the oh. evening, and so uh, I missed that part. Yeah, he did. It was yeah. it was quite good actually. He uh, he kind of turned on Alan Alan Bordle, gave him a shout out at the uh, evening, right? Because uh, that wasn't put on the telly, was it? No, it was. It was. was it? it was just. It was about two hours into the broadcast. I don't blame yeah, you. I, I was off to, to, I was by off that, to bed that stage. By that part, yeah. yeah, guys. Look, I hope you're having a good night at your your night nights there, Alan. Uh, just a quick reminder: we averaged um, seventy every time we went out to bat, and you still dropped me. Uh, <laughs> So I gave him a little clip there as he was getting inducted into the into the Hall of so Fame. So he should have. Yeah, but I think, um, you know, good on him. Good yep. And I, I look forward to many more people on the podcast getting inducted into the Australian Cricket yes. oh, well. Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, you better start changing the personnel. <laughs> no, no, we're in do a good rhythm. Um, let's let's maybe – I've got a couple of awards I'd like to, to give out oh, yeah. um, for the summer at large. I've got a few nominees for each of them too. Yes, Sod. okay. So uh, and then we're built. We're obviously building to the big one. This is the phone-in one that we had during the week. So everyone's phoned in. So this is by popular. Yeah, all the votes we're have putting been... the icing on the cake. Correct. Yeah, that's, that's correct. That's correct. I'll oh. show you the short list and I'll tell you who's won them. But we're building up to the Simon O'Donnell Medal for uh, uh, the award in cricket media, which yep. is the big one. You want to give us a bit of context about you know what this award well, means. Well, the to context. You and... Yeah. Well, it's not so much what it means to me. My career um, speaks for itself. It does. Yep. It's, it was extraordinary. Yeah, uh, both on and off the field. Yeah, and uh, you know when, when you uh, have a person of that ilk 
having an award named after them. Obviously, yep. it's an honour if anyone can put one of those awards on their shelf. And and this being the inaugural, this is a big one. Uh, it, it's massive. It's massive. So um, you know, there, there's high expectation out there. The few games I got to this year. Yep. Um, Can't I, get to them all. You'd love no, to get to them all. No, I, I couldn't. Yeah, but we, uh, you know, security's not always available to get me in and out of yeah, those gates and, and follow me around the ground. But um, the few games I did get to, you know, the feedback I got from from the commentators at uh, at Seven and from Fox, uh, that you know, they're they're really working within the structures of the award to to be the the inaugural winner. Yeah. So uh, to say there's high expectation out there is an understatement. Yeah, well, it's, it's one we're certainly looking forward to. Handing out a little bit later, but we'll build into it with a couple of other ones uh, right the way through. The first award I've got, Sod, is the the Ryan Campbell Award for Best Innovation uh, this this cricket um, season. Obviously, Ryan bringing the baseball mask and inventing the ramp shot, so pretty synonymous with innovation mm. through the game. Mm, quite right. The shortlist it's is a good good name to come up with. You know, you happy with that? The Ryan Campbell. Ryan award? Campbell probably hasn't been around for I'm going to say seven years. Yeah, po- possibly more. I reckon. 10 or, or yeah. maybe even 12. He did Good come out of retirement. He played for Hong Kong a couple of years ago at a T20 World Cup. He did. Um, but hasn't been around the traps and hasn't no. got the recognition he deserves. Mm. Now, the nominees for uh, Best Innovation, the Ryan Campbell Award, are um, Ben Dunk's playground hat that he's been wearing in the Big Bash, oh. which include the little fastener yes, underneath yeah, the chin. Yep. Um, that's on the shortlist. Yep. I'm not that's, so sure. Yeah, that's once a jolly swagman stuff, isn't that's, it? Yeah, it is. Very Just need smart. the corks, don't we? we do, yeah, the corks are the next step. Uh, Stump Mike's up. Stump Mike's up mm. is getting a nomination um, for so you like the band during the year, obviously. It's not so much about you know enjoying it. It's just it's just something that's innovated and it's caught caught the eye oh, okay. out there. Okay. And the last one is um, the bat flip, um, which what? is the, the final one. Do do we have a? Uh, an answer to roughs and smooths on the bat flip well, you know right what, throughout the competition? I don't have the data on that. That would be fascinating to see. Um, but I think as we spoke about on an earlier podcast, that it was actually the the sides of the bat were actually both flat. So it effectively was a coin in a bat presented in bat form. There was no roof or flat as per a normal cricket bat. Wow. So they'd coin these special ones and uh, they're just pa- passing us off as uh, rooftops or right, flats. okay. So for that, that kind of takes away. So you're saying they dudded us, aren't you? They, they did dud us, yeah. It wasn't a true reflection no, of the old backyard and toss. For, and for that reason, as well as a couple of OH&S issues where a few cameramen nearly wore <laughs> bats to the lens, that one hasn't picked it up. Ben Dunk, for me, a little bit, I don't know if it's fashion forward. I just don't, I don't know if cricket really needed that. It, was, it made himself look a little bit silly, I'm going to yeah. say. So stump mics up, hate them or love them. Uh, they form probably the backbone of Cricket Australia's social media uh, content plan right through the summer. Yeah. We had lots of clips of Payne and Pant and Dick Weller, uh, even Uzi Kawaja there at the crease yeah. uh, getting stuck in. So that one has won the Ryan Campbell Award for innovation to cricket this year. So your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. With, you. with you. I, I'm very, very happy. With that. The Probably the thing I'm most happy with is the briefing at the start of the summer to say, hey, guys, the stump mites are going to be up. Keep it clean. You know, to to be able to live through the summer without any major catastrophes from a, a language perspective or you know uh, overdoing the politically correct uh, is extraordinary from my point of view. Yeah. That's an extraordinary effort from the players. Yeah. It feels to me sometimes, I think that some of the stump mic stuff, a little bit like maths, married at first sight. I don't watch a hell of a lot of it, but I wonder whether they had a little 
word in the ear from the producers upstairs going, the mic's on, now it's up. Give us your best pre-prepared content that mm. you've thought about. I just thought with Tim Payne sometimes it was a little bit too polished to okay. be off the cuff for me. I, I don't want to I don't want to ru- ruin the illusion for people, but I thought I just I feel you know that could be transferred just with a little light. Yep. You know, maybe on the sight screen, little light flashes, and they know that the on air, the on air sign on. down there on the little on air. Tim Payne's moving the mid off, and oh, oh it's yep. time. You know, okay. Here comes here comes three or four and best bits of work. You're live now. Well, there you go. Anyway, it's an interesting one. I think as we found with maths, maybe the illusion will be ruined next next season when they, <laughs> they do it again. Uh, You're right. a fan of Married at First Sight. I'm not, but the boys That's out it. there love it. And uh, yeah. everyone here talks about it. I, right. I just, you know, Kido. I'm poking Interesting. holes through the production. Are you a fan? Do you watch? Oh, I must admit, I haven't watched a moment of it. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I, you know, it's hard to pick up you know, the paper without reading something about it. And when, the big issues go in the paper, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it must be an extraordinary show. It must be. I'm, mm. I'm, happy, to let, mm. I'm happy to leave it out there, to be honest. Mm. Uh, next award. The Fillet of Fish Award for Surprise <laughs> Selection of the Year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nominees are? Nominees are Manus Loose Bus Change, Lorba Shane. Uh, he's our first nomination. Yeah, yes, he debuted <laughs> he before. He played in Dubai. He did play in Dubai, but he came back in when no one really expected. This thing came out two days before. Mitch Marsh out, Lorba Shane's on the plane, and everyone went, how's that happen? And he came back in and he stayed in. So for me, it was just a surprise selection. It was like a fillet of fish. Okay. Are oh, we going to regret okay. it later? Maybe. <laughs> Curtis Patterson. Le- wasn't named in an initial squad. Leapfrog Pukowski mm. got in. 200s against. 200s against uh, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Came in, made 100. Got to say. Um, an, an all right selection in the end, but took a lot of people by surprise. Where did it come from? Like the fillet of fish. That's our, our next nomination. Mm, okay. Yep. And the third nomination for me uh Phil Tufnell in the Channel 7 commentary box. He's at, I mean, you know, growing, as a young fellow, I enjoyed Tuffers' work. I, I didn't love it as much this time around, a little, little bit older, um, watching him again. And I just don't really understand where he sort of fits in to a summer of cricket between India and Australia and Sri Lanka, mm. where he, where the, you know, the, the idea came from to, to get him out in the first place. I'm not, you know, giving him a poo-poo or, or either way, but I, I just think, in terms of surprise selections, it baffled me. I'm still, I still can't understand. I liked it. his radio work. Yeah, yeah, I did. I liked some of his radio work. Didn't see a lot of him on the telly, and he was a late arrival too, wasn't late he? Late inclusion. That's the yeah. thing. He was a few tests in. Yeah, we'd done the early tests, and then suddenly he arrived. Makes it even more surprising. Yeah, for mine. Yeah. No, I, I um, I'd be. I'll tell you what, I yeah. think we should. You know, it should be something we explore in yeah. our, in our uh, off season. Yeah. Is is t- podcast toughers? Yeah, oh, I think he's a good podcast man. Could be toughers. a surprise selection here as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, I don't. Yeah, mind, he could I don't... get the fillet official award here. Yeah. Well, you, I think you know. Jeez, it's a toss up really between Marnus and uh, <laughs> and Phil, isn't it? <laughs> Marnus, I can see you. Lo- I know because you just want to say loose bus change again. Yeah, yeah. I just for me. I'm going to go with Phil Tufnell for the for the Philadelphia Fisher Award. Mm, okay. Yeah, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm happy to explore him. We've got an Ashes series coming up as well. Yeah. Do we cast him another another meal deal and throw him in the mm. in the podcast mm. over there in the UK? Yep. Philadelphia Fisher Award. Yeah, and whack a large chips with it, and we just might get him here on our Who's podcast. the large chips? 
He is. Well, you know, just to entice him. Yeah, yeah. It's an enticement. Okay. No drama. Like, All right. Very he'll, good. He'll only be one large chips. Like Merville want three or four Merville large three or four. chips. That's the thing. Yeah. And we've only got so many large chips. Correct. We we've only got a budget to budget. Well, that brings me to my next award. This is the Merv Hughes Award for Guest of the Year on the podcast. <laughs> now, Merv is, finds himself in the fortunate position uh, that he was he was our only guest. <laughs> and got, as such, uh, congratulations. Not required. To Merv. He's, he's mm. won. The Merv Hughes Award for Guest of the Year on the Three Suits. Good work, Swerven. Yeah. yeah. Good <laughs> on you, Swerven. Yeah. Worthy, worthy winner? Yeah, worthy Would winner. You say? Worthy winner. A hot contest. It was. A hot contest. Yeah. Mm. The inaugural winner yes. of uh, the award named after him as well. Yep. No, no, the hot contest. Well done, Mervyn. Yep. Very good. Well uh, done, Mervyn. Uh, Too good. I have got here, the next award, the, the, this is the last one before we get into the sold medal, which we're all waiting for. I don't know if you've watched the Netflix documentary about Fire Festival. You seen this one, Sod? No. About the, the music festival that oversold. Uh, none of the, all the artists pulled out at the last minute. It was held. Uh, it was supposed to be held on an island. It was held on a retirement resort. Everyone f- flew there. It cost several thousand dollars a ticket. Everyone went. It was promoted by all these Instagram models, and uh, basically it poured with rain. It turned into a riot situation. Uh, the bloke who organised that is now in jail for a, a substantial period of time. So when did all this happen? This happened uh, 2016. In the United States? In the US. It's a riveting watch on Netflix. Wow. I'd really encourage you to check it out over the the off-season. But that one brings us to our final award, the Fire Festival Award (laughs) for the worst run event of the cricketing summer. Oh, now this is interesting. And the nominees are? There's one nominee for this one. One? Yeah. I couldn't look past it, Sod. It used to be an event held in such high esteem, such prestige. Everyone looked forward to it. This time it was just a debacle. It went for too long. Uh, teams were decimated of players for other tournaments. Oh, dearie, dearie. Oh, uh, this international slap. players pulled out at the last last minute or were taken out halfway through the tournament. And uh, there, were, there were random breaks in play, um, which, you know, basically saw it run for way too long uh, and, and was a shadow of its former self. For that reason, Big Bash BBL 08 is this year's Fire Festival Award winner for the worst run event sod. Struth. Yeah. That's hard-hitting stuff. It is hard-hitting stuff. That's hard-hitting stuff. Can, I, how does Big Bash get back on your radar? Back on my radar, so I've got a few fixes for you. Take it back. and Now, this is going to be tough. We spoke about this before. Take it back to uh, less is more. I think we 14 games per team before finals, way too much. Way too much. Uh, bring it back to play each other once, I'd say. Maybe maybe once and then two conferences. So you play one and a half times. Uh, and then get into the finals. It's all done and dusted by the time it's Australia Day. Maybe Australia Day weekend, you knock it off. Play the final in a prime time slot. Don't play it in the afternoon or for the women's comp at 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm. Treat it with some respect. Get some eyeballs on it. Allow franchises to go from two to four international players. Get some star power in there. And uh, I, I think that's that's the way to go. And also clear the schedule so you're not pulling out Australian international players ad hoc right the way through the tournament. It's just treated with no respect anymore. Uh, and for me, it's turned into a, a bit of a bit of a mess. Gee whiz. That's hard-eating stuff. It is. That's hard. Your stuff. thoughts, Sol? That's why we've been, you know, we're, we're climbing the podcast ladder. Big time. Is because there's no prisoners here, no fear nor favour. Not at all. Just bang, crunch, yep. cop that BBL. Big time. I don't think I watched a BBL game in full once. Well, that, that's that's the problem. Not once. Yeah. And to give you a, a probably a more relevant 
example. Yeah. I can't remember my kids watching a full one once. There you go. Oh, there you go. And two years ago, they were riveted by it. Yeah. Wouldn't leave the television. Yep. Now I'm thinking, oh, you know, they're in and out and pop in to see what the score is. Yep. So, yes, there, there's something that needs a tweak. Yep. I've, timing seems to be the logical one, but we need some star power. We need some, yep. we need some big hitting. We need some big hitting power. And, you know, how we get that back with the money we pay, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm unsure. Yep. Uh, because, you know, there are a lot of teams where people go, who? And that makes it difficult. Yeah, you don't want that. I'm not saying it's a complete uh, catastrophe. There are there are some games that are excellent. The final was a, one of the great comebacks in, you know, Aussie sport. I reckon when you when you look at where they mm. were and how they pulled it off, there's been some really exciting finishes. But you want more of those. You want less filler, mm. less filler, more killer yeah. next year for me. So, choke of the year, wasn't it? It was stars. Cho- big choke time. of the year. Absolutely. Jared Whaley says it's the greatest choke on Australian soil in sport. Wow. Got to be in the conversation. Wow, big time! And the only two, only two that survive out of that are Billy Duncan, Green Man Steiner. Yeah, big time. That's it. A few bikes out there were comparing it to the Shark, Chuck Norman, as well. Oh, the US Masters. Yeah, See, that was not on Australian soil, but you know, geez, wow, in the same six breath. shots up. Yeah, who got him? Nicky Faldo chased him down, didn't he? I can't remember who got him, but I just remember it was just. Yeah, I reckon Nick Faldo just wore him down over the day. Yeah. Anyway. He's 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 hoping for more more killer yep. next year. Drum roll. Now this is the big one. So now can I just give us a bit of a lead leaderboard yes. yeah, of where can. the votes are at? <clears throat> punter, Junior, and Gilly are on two votes a pop. They can't win it this year. We couldn't have punter now. Punter, you know, I thought was very very good. Yeah. But because he was allegiances, yeah, I want nothing to do with him. I love nothing I love, to do with him. I love that you're a company. Yeah. Man, bad first. allegiances. So so punter, you will stay down the bottom. While your allegiances <laughs> are wrong and not there, stay where you are. Love it. You know, don't pretend you can drive a trotter, ride a horse. <laughs> Stay where you well, are. Well, that wasn't actually him. Oh, it's wonderful post-production work there from the team. Uh, Ishigua, Warney and Alison Mitchell are all on four votes. Also mm. out of reach uh, to, to knock knock off the, the leader. The biologist is on five votes and the only man who could challenge the great man, uh, Mark Howard, Mark Howard mm. who is at the front. On mm-hmm. eight votes. Now, have you got a have you got a list of votes for the last round? Yes, or I have. What have you, what yes, have you decided really, to go with? Well, I've got a list of votes for the, the the ending of the Big Bash. Love it. Yeah, and and they go this way. Yeah, they go this way. Ishigura. Yep. Three. Wow. So Gura Three. moves up to seven overall. Silver Three. medalist. Yep. Yep. Deservedly so, but I wouldn't declare the silver medalist just yet. Okay. Flem two, which takes him. We've got an equal. We've got a split for the silver medal there. Yeah, correct. Biologist. He's been good. He's been good this year. Yeah, he has been very good this year, Flem. Yeah, he's had a tough, tough, um, you know, task too. Being the, the funny guy, but I think he's done it really well. Yeah, yeah. And one vote, Adam Gilchrist. Gilly. Yeah, only gets him to three, doesn't it? Yeah, it gets him up to three. Yeah, yeah. So you know, just for being. Mr. Nice Guy all the time, never does anything wrong. He doesn't deserve to win it, Gilly. Okay, fair. Yeah. Whack. Yeah, it's just too nice. Yep, too, too nice. nice. Too nice yeah, to win see it. Something. We'll, we'll see him do something wrong every now and then. Yeah. Say something controversial. Okay, so too nice to win it, which means our winner on eight votes, and deservedly so, is oh, Mark Howard. Yes. He's been great. Yep. But you just said Gilly was too nice to win it. I'll give him a round of applause. 
Well done, Howie. Stuff Howie. Big fan of your work. Stuff Howie, yeah. Love his work. Love his work. He's, 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 been, fan, he's been great to watch this year because he was late to the party, I think, as well. They were getting he's his... He's got to put on a few Ks. Yeah? Hey, that skinny look. I'm sick of that skinny look. <laughs> we need we need a bit of oomph in our TV. Yeah. Now, that skinny look bloke's going around in skinny pants and pointy shoes. I've had about a gut full of it. Jeez, I'm getting a bit hot, hot over here. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're a bit on the skinny side, but you, you've gone, at least you've gone a short and a, yep. you know, and, and what I'd call a fashion shoe at the moment. Thank you very much. Yeah, you've gone a bit of a fashion the shoe. The good people at Aquila have sorted that yeah. one out there, which These is good. blokes in the, you know, in the in the jeans that hang off their, what's left of their ass. Yep. And the pointy shoe. Yep. You know, and the shirt hanging out sort of unbuttoned mid-rift, you know, sort of that. Yeah. Mid chest region, yeah, and generally a lot of them go a clean shave across there. Yeah, oh, they've got have work. You want a bit of Simon Cadditch back? You know, maybe he was very hairy on the. Yeah, we just we want a bit of manhood back. Yep, a bit of manhood into the commentary. That's what I'm saying, Howie. Okay, it's the one thing I've missed. Yep, the the thing that has become commonplace to me that we need to see something different. I know the girls have been introduced to the yep. ladies, and they've done a wonderful job. Yep. At, Silver medalist on the side. We're of all in the same. We're all, we're all. You know, yep. not carrying any flab. Generally, no facial hair. Yep. Got the strides hanging off our hips. Yep. Got a pointy shoe. Very modern. You know, I, I'm starting to get sick of that look. We need something a bit different. You're gonna mix it up. All right. Well, there's something for him to improve. However, I'd love you to pay homage to the great man who's who's just taken out the award. Uh, you know, if, if you've got maybe. Two or three things that have really impressed you about this bloke through the year, which is why he's won the Simon O'Donnell. I think when he got me when he was he came out in the Gatorade van in Perth. Yeah. And he drove around the ground in the Gatorade van. Yeah. And he was able to do about three minutes of television from the Gatorade van. That's not an easy thing that's, to do. But he you, actually made before? it part interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Riding around the Gatorade van while everyone was getting organised upstairs. Yeah. So once I saw that, I thought, ah, oh, there's a talent here. <laughs> There's a talent here. So yep. he had he had a driver who had no interest in what he was doing. Yep. He was sort of pointing him where to go. And the cameraman, I think, w- would have been on one of those two-wheel, what do you call those? Uh, uh, segways. Segways. He was on the segway following him and yep. how he had to keep the camera angle right, the driver going in the right direction, have content coming out of his mouth that was interesting while they got organised upstairs. And it was about three minutes he spent on the Gatorade wagon. Yep. I thought it was a brilliant piece of television. Great. So he was never going to lose from that moment onwards. So basically the Perth test, the inaugural Simon O'Donnell Media Award was done. It was dusted. Yeah. Done and dusted. He was never going to lose. I love that you're able to boil it down to one specific, you know, it's like a, a career-changing innings almost. It was. Yeah. It was. Well, you know what, congratulations, Howie, if you're listening. I'm sure you're listening uh, mm. to the podcast. Well done on being the inaugural winner of the Simon O'Donnell Medal. Uh, that is prestigious. And, um, uh, we'll send that out in the mail or we courier that? Um, I'll leave that with the production team. Oh, uh, we'll okay. get it to you somehow, mate. We might get it, see if we can get a, a Gatorade uh, vehicle to drop it yep. off to mm. wherever you might be down at Bowen Heads. <laughs> um, there we go. There's the awards done and dusted. Um, so I just thought, you know, just in, in wrapping up, we might just uh, cast our eye ahead at some of the big tournaments coming up this year and just a top line um, of how you think they're going to go, who the teams to beat are, how Australia's going to fare in them as well. Uh, we'll just start with the World Cup sod. Who do you like is maybe a little bit of a roughie for people to look at? Who's probably your favourite and where do Australia sit? I think Sri Lanka are half a chance in the World Cup, as yep. silly as that sounds. Uh-huh. The win they just had against South Africa, yeah. in South Africa, the confidence that will give a number of those young fellas, and some of them have got you know a good bit of talent, 
I actually think Sri Lanka can play off in a semi in the World Cup. And once they're into a semi, anything can happen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm tipping a top four finish with Sri Lanka in the World Cup. So Sri Lanka's win against uh, South Africa was like Howie's Gatorade vehicle uh, performance. It was, I think it was a moment. For it's a moment, moment for that young transitional side yep. say, hey, we can do this. Uh-huh. As long as Pereira makes 150. But, <laughs> hey, we can do this. So I, I'm, I'm looking for big improvement from Sri Lanka. All right, great. Really am. Um, where do the Aussies sit in all of that? <sighs> I mean, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm not going to the World Cup with any confidence. Yep. I'm, I'm not going to the World Cup uh, thinking, you know, we've got England's measure, thinking we've got South Africa's measure thinking we've got New Zealand's measure. Yeah. So uh, if, if that's the case, you know, if we, we end up in the mix, would be fantastic, but I'd probably be surprised if we did. Are we on par with where we were going into the 99 World Cup or are we behind that? Because we started very slow there. We were a bit of a bit of a rabble experimenting with the, the team early on and went on to win it. Yeah, the ability in that 1999 side, yeah, very albeit you know, it was, was taking a while to settle, it's chalk and cheese to where we are now. Yep. You know, when you're talking Shane Warne and Glenn McGrath, yep. Jason Gillespie, you know, Darren Lehman, those sort of guys, mm, I, I think, I think we, uh, we've got some work to do. You know, if if Maxwell fires, um, if uh, if Stoinis fires, uh, you know, we've got half a show. But I, I, I'm just, I don't know if they're. World Cup changing players, yep. and that's what we need. World Cup changing players. Whether we've got those, so I wish us well. I hope we go well, but a top four finish would probably surprise me. Gotcha. And your favourite? Who, who do you think is the team to beat? I love what England's done. Yeah. Oh, love what England's done. Even despite losing to the West Indies. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that, that, that was te- you know I think their one day team's really good balance. Yep. That uh, they they. You know, their performances over the last two years have been superb. Yep. So I, I think uh, the Poms have got a really good show. Uh, I, I also think New Zealand's got a really good show. Yeah, so do uh, I. Yeah. New Zealand have, have been settled for a long time now. I think they've worked well towards this World Cup. You know, they, they've they've been able to keep the same personnel pretty much, you know, 13 or 14 of them in their one-day picture over the last 24 months. Yep. I think New Zealand are going to be really hard to beat. Yeah, they've got a very well-balanced you know, batting lineup and bowling lineup. I think mm. they're going to be tough to beat too. Ashes, what's going on in the Ashes? It's late, isn't it? Yeah, in September we're yeah. getting into Ashes. That's when we'll get it's to finals. Yeah, it's going to be on when we. Yeah, is that? Well, look, how tired are we going to be? I know. You know, Ashes cricket all night. Then you know, a couple of hours kip. Then you know, off to the footy. Yeah. Into the sports bet box. Yep. You know, having a jar. Yep. Yeah, and back, it's not easy. back that night. You know, the preview of the footy of the cricket. Yep. Then you know the cricket starts again. Same yep. thing. You know, back to the sports bet box, which I assume will happen with yeah, podcast being as successful as. I have to do a couple of episodes from the box. Yeah, well. there's no time to come back here and do it. You would think we'd be front and centre. Yeah, big time. Yep. You know, whether Dino and and Merv qualify with the with the <laughs> contributions. Not sure Merv's made played enough year. games. No, no, Merv's, it's like a player hasn't Merv's, played enough games for Merv's, finals, and put, particularly when the top top he could take us to was thirty in the podcast <laughs> list. Like seriously, that was embarrassing. But. Uh, Ashes, look, the big hope of the team is the way England went against the West Indies. Yeah. And I, I can't see that uh, Kimar Roach has improved that much to be tearing sides apart. He's been bowling the international grid for a long time, yeah. Kimar. So 
uh, yeah, I think Australia again will be competitive. The uh, the the Anderson factor is is always my worry. Yeah, you know, and while he stays on his feet, and if he's fit, like, so they get him through the English summer, and he's fit for that Ashes campaign, which he'll um, he'll clamber over. He'll do the Nigel Smarts and clamber over hot rocks to to make sure he's right. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Australia of that that's their challenge getting through those early overs, not to get into trouble. Who, who you know, I think we've gone over there a few times with just everyone's got to bowl one forty, got to blow everyone out of the you know water. It hasn't worked as well for us. There's room for a couple of blokes around the Jimmy Anderson pace. Who is your bloke from Australian Shield cricket that you take in that role? <sighs> I really like Dan Worrell. Yeah. Really like him. Yep. And he consistently bowls you know, good outies at good speed. Uh, but you know, I don't know if, if selectors are keen to do it. You know, that that's we, – we haven't seen sort of that – we haven't seen that outsider without being a high-profile quick come into the side and being given a bit of longevity to settle in and have a, you know, have a dash at it. Yeah. We, we seem to – Bring them in and turn their career off as quick as we brought them in. Yep. Um, you know, so I'd I'd love a genuine, you know, a genuine swing bowler to go over there. But history says that you know the the, the old tried and true line and length, and they'll rely heavily again on Mitchell Stark to be a person that can move the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't know who who they will take if yep. they do want to take a swinger. Yep. I'll go with a Dan Worrell. Yeah. Bit of charisma too, Worrell, I think, which is good. He's got a bit about him. If they would chuck him in an Alinta energy ad or something, he'd, he'd give it a bit. Yeah, he I would. He'd raise he's a singer, isn't he? Doesn't he, he doesn't mind breaking into song every now and then. Absolutely. Singer, a uh, very funny man too. Uh, you need Daniel. that on the bus when you're travelling around England. You know, yeah. you need someone that will break into a little bit of uh, you know song and dance yep. and break the monotony. Anyway, here's Wonderwall, a bit of that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. sort of stuff, yeah. Um, yeah. Smith and Warner, slot straight back in. How's, how are they going to go? If Australia were – Doing any good? I don't think they would. With Australia doing as poorly as they have been, yes, they will. Uh, and that seems to be a, a fait accompli that they're waiting for their bands to finish and and back they come. Yep, fine. They look, Warner's the best opener in the country, and Smith's yep. the best number four. So, yep, I, I really have no problem with it. They've served their time for the crime they did. Um, uh, let's let's move on and and get on with it. It'd be. Yeah, you know it's going to be a good batting lineup, a far better batting lineup when you see those two in the top order. Absolutely. Your prediction: Where where will Australia finish? Can I get a number for them in the World Cup and then a score between line four and six? Between four and six, don't mind it. And in the Ashes series, pretty good score line. <sighs> two one. Two. England. England. Oh, it's terrible. It's un-Australian, isn't it? Is it is un-Australian. But, you know. No, it's un-Australian. No, I can't come with that. 2-1 Australia. 2 Australia. No, I can't because we won't. No. <laughs> no, I can't. No, I'm going for England. Yep. I, I'm not going for England. <laughs> I'm going for Australia. Yeah. But I think England will win. Okay. Hopefully they keep producing that West Indies oh, form. that's a terrible thing to say. No, so I don't, I'm not going to begrudge you I don't you know if it. I can live myself on that. No, no. Please. We, we, need, we need you for the Simon O'Donnell medal. We don't want it to be a posthumous. Uh, no, no. Um <laughs> I'll tell you what, that probably brings us to the end of the, the uh, this final episode for the summer. Sad moment. It is. I promised myself I wouldn't cry, but if I do, I'm actually not going to edit it out because I'm proud of uh, you know what we've got going here over the summer, Sod. 
Um, but look, I tell you what, there's a good chance we might reprise this uh, come around World Cup time. As oh, I'd well. be very surprised if it wasn't. Yeah, you know, really, particularly you know, like I would think today's just with the two of us, yeah. you know, the two golden voices of uh, <laughs> uh, of the Sports Bet podcast. Yeah. I'd be surprised if we weren't their top three, you know, in the yeah. podcast level. Kind of, very kind of you to say that. So it has been a ter- uh, tremendous summer. I thank you for getting involved, and Dino as well. If you're listening out there, Merv, when you chopped in as well. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we've padded up. We've done all sorts of stuff. We've, we've cast an eye over a few things. We've awarded the most significant award in Australian cricket media as well, mm. which is going to well, – Well done to Mark Howard. Well yeah. Done. Well done, Howie. Um, thank you for listening as well. Uh, gamble responsibly, and we'll talk to you soon. Look forward to seeing you next year, as they say in the classics, because none of us know whether we're going to have a job or not. But I think we will, Emmy. I think we will. I hope so. I need this. Well done. Well done. Great year. Thanks to all our production staff. Oh, massive amount of people behind the scenes. Mm-hmm.